on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on Thursday, February 4th. That's right, LA Galaxy, MLS. MLSPA, everybody waiting with bated breath. We thought we were going to have a countdown for you. They ruined my whole night, I'll be honest. I would have rather they had the lockout coming in like, you know, an hour and we could have counted it down. I had a clock. I was ready to go for you guys. I was pumped up. We were going to drink our sorrows away as MLS just sort of just threw it all away. But you know what we got? A full show of LA Galaxy news. Some MLS updates there as well. Uh, Boca may have uh, may have gotten uh, taken advantage of by Dennis Acosta, and I'm here for that. Uh, so a lot of stuff to get to, uh, rumors included, to help me do all of it. Eric, the Portuguese hammer Vieira is with me as well. Eric, how's it going, buddy? It's going great You're- after uh, see- seeing the show notes. And we've got players departing. We've got coaching staff arriving. We've got kit talk. We've got DTK, the magic man, doing his thing. This is exciting. What a time to be alive. And we got to set the doomsday clock back. 24 hours. 24 hours. We're just, we're, we're at DEFCON 4 now. So, you yeah. know, it's it's close. I, I, I was going to say, the last time you and I got to be together, though, Eric, we got to do a little Liga G uh, play-by-play oh. on Sunday yes. night. And listen, I know we, we played it cool outside. Hey, everybody was thanking us for doing it and stuff like that. And then after we got done with that, we were like, that was so much fun. Can we do that again? Like, <laughs> who's going to let us do it? Well, we're, I think this is the time to make the announcement to everybody, to all of our listeners, to everybody out there. Eric and I are throwing our hat into the ring as professional FIFA uh, announcers. So if you need a professional FIFA announcer, Eric, for your stream, we are available for, I would say, a pretty reasonable rate. So just contact us and we're going to... Do you feel the same? I, absolutely. Like you said, we, we we didn't know how it was going to go. We had our FIFA games, uh, you know, earlier... Uh, it wasn't going to... Was it the summer? By that time, spring, summer, it was spring. all a blur. 2020. Yeah. We, we, we kind of cut our was. teeth there and, and, and got a few reps. But doing it live with some live interaction, even though it was digital players, it was a lot of fun. I had a great time doing that. Like you said, I was ready to do four more games. I, I, I was ready to just keep it going. I had my turtleneck, my gold chain, my blazer. I was feeling good. I was feeling feisty. We had some good jokes thrown in there. So, uh, yeah, I was excited. The only thing, it's unfortunate, it didn't save, didn't record. That's okay. So we, we, don't, we don't have the record record of it but like you said that's just an incentive to go back and do it again yeah i was gonna say who hasn't recorded a podcast or a show and not hit record i've, I've done it so i i, I know a, that's for sure that's um, how you know you 
a real podcaster. You have to do that at least once to learn your lesson and then, and then it doesn't happen again. And then it doesn't Hopefully. happen. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. So we'll, we'll again, just um, if you need us, we're here for you. Um, also, if you are on the live show right now, I would like to remind you that you are in super chat zone, which means that you can tip us any amount of money. Uh, if you'd like to have us talk about a certain topic, um, if it's already in our show notes, you have to wait for our show notes. If it's something we haven't talked about, we will give you a 30 second whatever topic you sort of want to talk about as long as it's galaxy related and it's underneath our PG 13, uh, 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 zone there. Yeah. So, uh, you can super <laughs> chat in the live there. And if you're listening on the podcast, you should join us live at least once every once in a while. It's more fun. We screw up. Um, we do things and then I never fix them. So really it's the same show. I, I, I don't know why I was pretending like different <laughs> things happen. I, if it, if we screw up, it, it gets screwed up. I don't know what else to tell you. So I was gonna say, if you show up, if you show up early enough, you do, you do get to see a little, a little behind the scenes action that doesn't, Oh, always make it. So, so that's your incentive. Show up early, stay late. Uh, in the middle, you're going to get the same show, though. You're absolutely right. All right. Uh, let's go to LA Galaxy News, and it is a busy, busy day of LA Galaxy News. We have some departures. Uh, we're going to start with a front office departure. Uh, everybody calm down. It wasn't Chris Klein. Uh, I know I know that was that was what people were... I was getting messages. Oh, I thought, no, calm down and be nice. One. Um, but no, we do have to, uh, to talk about this a little bit. VP of Communications, Marketing, and Digital is leaving the LA Galaxy. Brendan Hannon, who um, was one of my contacts at PR and has been with the LA Galaxy I think for seven or eight years, I think eight years is what he put down. Um, it's leaving the LA galaxy. He is the guy who came up with, you know, the, uh, the, and, and his team, I shouldn't just say it was him, but, yeah. uh, most notably, uh, in my mind, at least is the lion in Los Angeles, the whole promo video for that with a lion and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, whenever that was produced. And he did all of that over in England, whenever that happened. Uh, he also was behind and helped with, uh, with this prank that they put on David Beckham as well, uh, with the statue unveiling. I mean, any announcement that has happened and over these times, basically has Brendan Hannon's teams and his fingerprints all over it. So, um, you know, a guy who who really did try to to change, I think, the way that uh, the LA Galaxy did marketing, did PR, sort of looking at the digital, uh, put some some really interesting, great teams uh, together. And it's been, you know, it, it's been it's been a wild ride with him. So uh, eight years uh, and he's departing the club. Uh, I know lots of people are sort of speculating on this. And as a as a news person myself, uh, the speculation um, from what we've heard is Brendan's moving on. He wants to figure out what else he wants to do. And I think he's been in professional sports for 13 years. That's a long time to be focused on anything. And so uh, maybe a little brain break for for him who, uh, and it should be pointed out, Brendan is a, a talented writer, um, sort of poet guy. I mean, he's he's got some, he's got some talents. The dude is talented. <laughs> so, um, you know, for, for a guy who I worked with a lot, uh, and you know, this goes with the, the PR team of, of Vicky Mercado and Chris Glidden, uh, Chris Hibble before he left as well. Uh, I've been, you know, you, you deal with these people on a regular basis. I mean, you know, if you're Chris Glidden, I talk to Chris Glidden more than I talk to my wife. So, um, you know, <laughs> those, those are the things, but, uh, but you know, I, from everybody here at corner of the galaxy, I know Larry, um, and certainly with, uh, with Kevin as well, we wish Brendan the best and, and hope he, he lands in a good place and wherever he goes, I'm sure it'll be fun and exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, shout out, shout out to Brendan. And you just know, sometimes those front office jobs, you know, they're kind of they're behind the scenes. They're they're not, you know, front of the table. They're not the players on the field, so they can often go unnoticed, and you don't uh, necessarily always give them their due. But I think one of the benefits is of having a, a tuned in Galaxy community like we do. Um, you know, if, if you're deep into the Galaxy like we are, and a lot of our listeners are, you know the name Brendan Hannon, and you know that him and his team are responsible for for some of the slogans. The you know, you're welcome, Los Angeles with Zlatan. 
you know, the, the since 96 marketing campaign, a lot of that, that comes from that team. And so regardless of how you feel about uh, the Galaxy product on the field, I think from a communication side and a, a marketing side, you can say that the Galaxy have been pretty successful under under Hannon's helm. So I, I you know, big tip of the hat to him and, and the team and, and best wishes to him moving on. So it, it is kind of cool that uh, that's, you know, I don't know how it is with with media and other teams around the league that you know some someone in that position gets recognized uh, on a podcast or, or on a media outlet. Uh, but just the fact that it, we're a close group and and we see those things and we appreciate those things. So tip of the cap to him and the team. Yeah, I was going to say. Best wishes. And any guest that ever appears on this show has to go through the PR department if they're an LA Galaxy member or a coaching member for the most part. Um, there's only one person who's sort of exempt from that, and it's because he's a grown man. Uh, it's Dennis DeClosa, and and Dennis sort of can come and go where he wants and as he pleases. So, uh, but as for as far as you know, um, what happens on the show and when we get guests, it's working with Brendan's team, and Brendan put that team together. Um, so I remember whenever he came on, I remember, you know, Justin Pearson, uh, whenever he left and just, uh, I mean, listen, eight years is not a small amount of time. And certainly through the growth of this podcast, uh, Brendan and his team at PR, uh, all of which who are wonderful, lovely people. And, and I love them all. And I miss them, uh, a, a lot too. Usually in the off season, I, you know, you get to, you're like, Oh, I miss you guys. And then you get to see him. And, you know, pandemic has really sort of limited those things. So um, anyway, to, to Brendan, best wishes, best wishes, best of luck um, and uh, and hit us up whenever you land. Um, and uh, and, you know, we'll uh, we'll I'm sure you'll see him around. He's not going to go quietly wherever he goes. It won't <laughs> be quiet. Um, Brendan doesn't really Brendan can do the smooth thing, but he's just not quite. He's quite he's smooth and loud for how if that makes some sense. He, he makes a uh, his presence known. So um, we go from that goodbye from Brendan Hannon to another goodbye, one that we knew was coming. Um, and one that made a hundred percent sense. It's been a, sort of on the cards for a while. And that's that David Bingham said goodbye to galaxy fans. Now, uh, whenever Jonathan bond was brought in and you had Jonathan Klinsman resign, and then, you know, you still have bomb Stieg, uh, and you have Lopez down there as well. You had four go galaxy goalkeepers on the first team roster. And you expect that two of those guys are probably going to spend some extended time down with LA galaxy two, and that you're going to have two keepers. And one of those guys will go from galaxy two to galaxy one up to the senior team back and forth. But you know, you're not going to have five galaxy goalkeepers. That's not a thing that's probably going to happen. Watch they'll sign one tomorrow. Um, but having said that and, and looking at all this, um, you know, we knew that David Bingham was sort of the, the odd man out here. Uh, he was a guy who got brought in and, you know, played a ton of games for, here. Let me give you his stats to sort of to, to finish, Eric, and then I'll let you uh, sort of uh, talk about David Bingham uh, finished with the record of 34, 35 and 16. That's 85 games for the Galaxy. Uh, 7,650 minutes played, 19 shutouts, 314 saves because, you know, the Galaxy defense was like Swiss cheese uh, 154 goals allowed he finishes however with a 1.81 goals against average so almost two goals per game uh, and so uh, David Bingham by the way finishes second all-time in regular season games for the LA Galaxy which is a crazy thing to think about uh, whenever you think of guys like Jaime Pinedo whenever you think of guys like Donovan Ricketts Josh Saunders um it was his ability basically to be ready for every single game and to play every single game whenever he came here uh, that sort of gets him that 85 games. Now, uh, 
it's a mixed bag for me. Um, and that's that's where I'm sort of at with David Bingham. I don't think everything was his fault. I don't think his 1.81 goals against, um, you know, average is something where you sit there and say, oh, yeah, Eric, you know, he deserved uh, uh, to give up two goals. per that, that wasn't it. The defense and the defensive scheme has been horrible. And we've talked about that so much. But um, where does where does Bingham sort of sit with you in terms of overall L.A. Galaxy things? I mean, it's it's interesting to say he's second overall, Eric, but that, that doesn't put him yeah. in a place. That, that's, that's the part that's surprising the most is when you said he was second all time, uh, in, in appearances. That's just a shocking stat given that when you think about LA galaxy, especially the goal, goalkeeping position, I think Kevin Hartman probably, you know, first and foremost in a lot of people's hearts and minds. And then obviously on the stat sheet. So when you put Bingham at number two, it is kind of shocking, but it does make sense with the amount of years that he was with the club. Uh, it just, it's unfortunate for, for David Bingham that he came into the club in their darkest days. You know, I think, you know, two out of the, you know, 25 season, you know, the top, bottom two worst seasons that the Galaxy have ever played, David Bingham was uh, between the sticks for both of those seasons. So uh, whenever you have, you know, historically two of the worst seasons in franchise history and you're the goal, number one goalkeeper for that, that goals against average is going to go against you. And you're right. It's not 100 uh, percent his fault and it doesn't all go on Bingham. But unfortunately, that that just leaves a black mark on his record. And I think when we look back in history and we look back at all-time goalkeepers, that appearances may stint, stick out as a, like an outlier, but I don't think he's going to be remembered a, a, as a Galaxy great, you know, especially uh, when you figure in his his ties to San Jose and that rivalry there, and then that his time here was not exactly always successful. Uh, there, there's just, you know, left a little bit of a bad taste. So unfortunate for Bingham, not that he's a bad guy or has got bad guys going on. He just came in uh, when the franchise was at a low time and, and didn't put in performances that were, truly noteworthy and made you think, wow, what a, we're fortunate to have uh, someone like him as a um, number one. So the, that's the unfortunate part. Uh, but someone with, with his level of experience and how long he's been in the league, I think he's going to, he's definitely going to land on another team when he, when he posted his goodbye on Instagram, he did say, see you soon LA. So I don't know if that was cryptic or if that was just, he knows that he's got a job somewhere at some point, it's going to cross paths, uh, you know, with the team again. So, uh, you know, that, that's where I leave it, you know, bitter, bittersweet, uh, you know, way to let him go with the with Bond, Klingsman, Vomstig, Lopez, all those goalkeepers. You knew the writing was on the wall that he wasn't going to come back, so this just made it official. So you weren't expecting him to come back, uh, and then it, it's not like uh, <laughs> hate to kick the guy out the, out the door, but it's right. not like he was beloved and people are going to be like, "Come back, we need you." You know, it's like okay, we're ready to move on and turn the page on the David being a This is this is one of those those relationships you see in the movies, right? Where where yeah. oh well, you know, I know you don't really like me anymore, and I don't really like you anymore, <laughs> and we're just going to go our separate, but we can still be friends. Like it's yeah. cool. It's it's a perfectly <laughs> amicable breakup that doesn't like happen anywhere else in, in the real world. Right. Is that, is that about right? It's about right. It, it's, it's sad, but it's true. It's like, uh, you know, we were together for a long time. It was, it was that relationship you were with for a long time. And like, we fought all the time and we didn't get along. Why were we together for that long? And so it's, it's one of those. It's like, you know what, we're, we're better off. Uh, hope, hope you find love somewhere else. Cause we know it wasn't here. 
Um, let's get to uh, to more Galaxy news as we sort of plot through some of these uh, different things. And I have to say, it was funny. We were going over this pre-show and we're like, did all this happen since Monday? Yes, all of this has happened since Monday. Uh, Monday night, whenever we left you on the podcast, Kevin and I, we were sitting there saying, okay, we don't know what's going on with Didi Char. I remember there was a post on his social media and the LA Galaxy were no longer in his bio and everybody sort of assumed that he had left, that he was gone and that the LA Galaxy had somehow removed him from the roster there, Eric, which, of course, on Monday's show, I was rightfully confused. I'm like, no, they just exercise his option. Trying to get rid of him is actually harder to do uh, whenever it ha- whenever it happens. But, um, you know, you you look at uh, where Didi Traore is and there were some questions, right? Because he's basically left back number three. And I, I think people have to be reminded, and I know we do it on this show a lot, but the starter right now is Viafania. Um, the second guy who's behind him is Danilo Acosta. Um, Danny Acosta, who was injured all of last season, so wasn't LB2, left back two. He was, you know, left out uh, as it was in recovering. So he had that. And so he's the number two guy there. And so then it was Didi Traore, who would technically be LB3, left back three. And when you look at it that way, left back, Eric, is one of the most... Uh, or one of the deepest positions the LA Galaxy have, which is hysterical because you go and look and there's not really much depth across anything else. But right now, left back would be the the place it would be. So um, just, just uh, again, looking at Didi Trier and trying to figure that out. So on Tuesday, I think I was able to sort of find out that Didi Traore uh, was indeed still an LA Galaxy player and got confirmation from the LA Galaxy on that. I was also tipped off that there was going to possibly be looking for a loan move, um, but I couldn't 100% confirm that at the time. So I had to sort of had to sit on that information, which if you go back and look at my tweet, I was sort of like, there's probably going to be more information about this later, but this is where we stand right now is that he's still under an LA Galaxy contract. He's still a Galaxy player. Um, and, you know, more on this later. And Kevin, you know, and I talked a little bit and he was able to sort of track it down. And basically the LA Galaxy are searching for a loan for Didi Traore. I don't know that anything is done. Um, and that was not the statement that we were given that, oh yeah, he's going here. Um, they're going to look for a loan opportunity for Didi Traore. And I think what happened, even though, you know, I was, I was told that he, his, his social media post, Eric, wasn't, he wasn't mad at the galaxy. Um, you know, that he's very happy being in LA galaxy. I think what happened was he got mad, Um, And then he realized this is probably a better situation for him because he's going to get some playing time in some minutes. Um, So uh, that's, yeah. I was going to say, raise your hand if you've ever deleted a tweet or Instagram post because you thought better after the fact. So, uh, and again, not say, I don't think he's deleted it, but uh, uh, you know, maybe he, he realized, okay, not, not the move. And and we've made this mistake before by taking an Instagram post and making news out of it where maybe, Maybe there's nothing there. So it's making a lot of news because he posted and there's a lot of speculation, but he just, you know, the Galaxy exercises option. Uh, it seemed like he's going to be with the team. So so it seems like there's nothing there. But to that point, uh, and again, we're, I'm, I'm here bashing two players in a row. Don't want to, yes. don't mean to, to do that, to kick at a guy while he's down. But you have to think of how Didi uh, Traore joined the Galaxy. He was through an open tryout, then ended up uh, with Los Dos, worked his way up to a first team spot. So when you think about it, big picture, zoom out, uh, you know, is the Galaxy left back position? Do you want this someone who won an open tryout? Is that great story? Uh, but is that like the level of player that you want as your starting left back? Doesn't mean he can't grow. It doesn't mean he can't get better. doesn't mean that he can't be a part of this team in the future. It's just that is that player who we need right now. So uh, it's possible that they looked at their situation with Danilo Acosta, uh, with Jorge Villafania and said, you know what? You're, you're not going to be in our plans this year when he did get his playing time. 
showed some flashes, but but it wasn't impressive enough to really have people clamor to get and, and earn himself a starting spot. So you think maybe you're better off, uh, you know, we're going to look for a loan, try to get you some playing time, and maybe he didn't take that news well, or that's how it appears. Uh, and, and we're going to see how this plays out in the future. Maybe he goes somewhere else uh, and is able to work his way into fitness, look good, and then work his way back. But, but if we're going to be honest, uh, almost every single player that we've seen go this route where they're let go, they're put on loan, to either another USL team, we rare, I, I can't think of an instance where we loan someone out, they looked great, and then we bring them back. It's great in theory, but I don't think we've ever done that. So it may, this could be the beginning of the end for, for Triori, which is unfortunate. It, it could be. I'll, I'll tell you why, and and certainly there was some questions about why he couldn't go to LA Galaxy 2, right? That was the big, we'll just take send him back to LA Galaxy 2 and the whole deal. There's, there's nothing preventing the LA Galaxy from doing that, by the way. They could do a season-long loan to LA Galaxy 2. The big deal is that you have Cuevas down there at left back and they're developing him to be a starting left back and they don't want Triori to come back in there. And and listen, I think that this is I'm going to take the positive side of, or, or the optimistic side on this is that they want Triori to get minutes. He's not going to get minutes sitting as the third guy back behind um, Viafania and Acosta. They don't want to send him down to LA Galaxy 2 because if they do, then he's going to take minutes away from Cuevas, who they're high on as well. I think they're, you know, they're clearly they exercised Didi Triori's option. They were interested in keeping him around. They could have gotten rid of him after last year. So I think this is the best way. And this may be why his whole thinking maybe shifted. And, and again, we don't know if that's true, but that's the, that's the story that comes out. We don't know if his thinking has shifted is that, Hey, I'm going to go here and I'm going to get playing time and I'm going to get minutes. And when I do that, that's going to help me develop. And then that's going to be better than me sitting on the bench, not doing it or going down to LA galaxy two and splitting minutes with Cuevas. That doesn't work either. And so the LA Galaxy, I think, smartly on this, Eric, take a look at that and say, we're going to give both of these guys minutes. We'll develop both of them. And who knows? Viafania is not a long-term option. We know that because of his age. Um, you know, Danilo Acosta is coming off a pretty serious injury. So we don't know if we, we know that he may not be a, a long-term you know, option either. And so that makes sense. Next year, you could go and you might have a starter with, you know, Didi Traore is the, the starting left back and and Cuevas is his backup. I mean, that's, you know, maybe it's not next year. Maybe it's in two years, that type of thing. But there's an opportunity there uh, to make that happen. And so um, I think that Didi Traore going on loan, wherever that ends up being, I personally, if it was me, would like to try to keep him local because if you keep him as local as you can, maybe with, uh, you know, Orange County. Um, if you keep him as local as you can, then you can recall him if you need him. Um, yeah. And and so, you know, those are sort of the things that I think have to be. But I don't know that that's going to happen. And certainly that would be like best case scenario type of thing. And uh, the Galaxy get back an international mm -hmm. slot whenever he goes on loan. Um, so there's that. Uh, they'll get, that, that. Yeah, go ahead. That was going to be my point is that Didi Trier, someone who struggled to get minutes on the first team, is taking up an international slot. So if you're thinking they're going to bring other players in, that that's a big piece of it is having that international spot. Uh, open, so uh, I think that's a, a piece that maybe is is overlooked. If you were high on Traore, uh, that if he's not going to get a lot of time, he is taking up one of those international slots. And just the last thing uh, before you wrap a bow and, and tie it on this thing, it's if you're Didi Traore personally and you're looking at this, there there are players who go and and make professional careers in USL and they're still professionals. It's maybe not the glamorous caviar lifestyle, but you get to live your dream playing professional soccer and have a lengthy career. So if, if you go somewhere else, land on your feet and you're the starter at a USL club or, or 
you know, a second division team uh, in another country. There's no shame in that, that that's living the dream. That's playing soccer as a career uh, and having a lengthy career there. So even if his time with the galaxy is done, doesn't mean his, his career is over by any means. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on Didi Traore and sort of uh, how that goes. And, and, you know, via Fania, uh, who is apparently in SoCal, I've been hearing, I've been hearing, hearing things that he's in SoCal doing a little house hunting. So we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on, uh, on where he lands, but he's here. Um, a bunch of people bond is here. You're starting to get people sort of gathering up and getting ready to have a preseason if there is indeed a preseason. So uh, again, we're going to touch on the MLS and MLSPA here in a little bit. And, and there was an extension. So all that fun talk about us uh, uh, counting down the minutes because we would have been like, oh, just 36 minutes left. And this could be the lockout. This could be the end of, the, of Major League Soccer, the beginning of the end. Uh, I don't think we need to be that dramatic, but uh, we'll see if uh, Didi Char can bounce back. We'll see if everybody uh, gets ready and we can see if we have a season starting on February 22nd for the preseason and then starting in April. Let's get to uh, some more announcements that kicked off on Tuesday. On Monday night, we told you that it would probably be a pretty good chance that the LA Galaxy would be announcing the rest of the coaching staff. Uh, we knew Dan Kalichman was going to be there. We knew that Kevin Hartman, because we had talked to Jonathan Bond and he had mentioned him, uh, Kevin Hartman was there as well as the LA Galaxy goalkeeper. So you had your main assistant coach there with Dan Kalichman. Uh, and so really you were looking for two or three more guys who would be coming in. So uh, Greg Vanny announced... Uh, via the LA Galaxy, that his coaching staff would uh, com be comprised of Nick Thesloff, who, of course, uh, joined Vanny at TFC. In fact, this is, as we mentioned, TFC West, uh, whenever yeah. it goes. And then uh, Jason Bent, um, former Colorado Rapids player, um, played some other places in Germany and also in uh, in the UK as well. So um, he's there as well. So you have uh, Dan Kalichman, the LA Galaxy's first ever captain. Uh, you have Greg Vanny, who I think is a, a grossly underrated player for the LA Galaxy whenever you go back and look at him and he's not talked about with enough reverence as far as I'm concerned but Greg Vanny is there um, you have Kevin Hartman former LA Galaxy player you're there uh, and now you're joining you know Nick uh, Thesloff and, and Jason Bent the, the thing to to notice about all of this uh, Eric in in my mind um, is that you have a team outside of Hartman that has had success together and done things to be successful, um, you know, it, with Toronto and they're bringing that understand. It, it's not like on day one, everybody's going to figure out, well, where do I place the cones? Like there, that, that doesn't have to, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, and so, so for me, this is, this is bringing familiarity to the LA galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not going to go and check out uh, coaching soccer for dummies. Uh, you know, that's definitely not something that's going to be happening. So uh, it's an exciting time. I, I really have, you know, it's the off season. So of course we're going to get excited because there's nothing to, there's no evidence of, of what's going to happen yet. But when you look at the resumes, it is exciting, you know, shout out to our, our good friend, good friend, John, who said, uh, the galaxy have signed, uh, Kevin Hartman, Dan Kalichman and Greg Vanny. Only unfortunate part is that it's, it's not 1998, you yeah. know, it's, it's 2021. That's the unfortunate part. But when you look at their resumes, Dan Kalichman, who was a captain for the team, I really love the video that the galaxy put out where he talks about how he's excited to come back home to LA. Uh, you know, he spent a lot of his, his time in LA. So to come and, and coach in front of his kids and you could tell, uh, just with the highlight packages from back when he used to play, if you were, you know, a since 96 or like me, you know, this is someone who, you know, when you talk about grit and having it, Kalichman is that guy. He is that dude. And if he can impart any of that, uh, that's something that I think, uh, if you think this LA galaxy team has been soft in years past, I think Kalichman is the guy who can, uh, you know, put a little rough around that edges. So that, that's a positive there with, with Thesloff, you know, looking at his resume, uh, you know, scouting for the German national team in 2006. I don't know if you heard anything about that team. They were 
pretty good. Right. Uh, so just having connections to that. Jason Bent, uh, you know, playing for the Canadian national team. So he has a really nice coaching staff. It seems like this these are, are going to be coaches who know what they're doing. They have MLS experience with the success they had in Toronto. So I'm very high uh, on this team right now. And that's not even mentioning uh, Kevin Hartman, who's been with the organization now for the past few years and in a few different roles. So now to put him in the coaching staff, we, we've we've seen what he can do in the goalkeeper position. So with a lot of experience uh, throughout the league. So he's going to be able to impart that wisdom uh, wherever he goes. So you got the nice little scoop there with Jonathan Bond last week when he shared that information. So uh, I'm I'm excited. I think this is a really nice coaching staff connections uh, to the heritage of the LA Galaxy, which is always nice. They're not going to rest on that, right? Uh, and, and I think the the fan base will hold them accountable if, if they don't do their job. But at the same time, uh, you know, these are the type of people who you know care about the club and want what's best for the club. So you know, they're going to try to to do the best they can. It, it, this isn't a, a cash grab. Uh, a one-stop try to you know maybe we'll just be here for a couple of years these are people who want to who want to make a career and, le- and leave a stamp on this organization it's crazy to think but whenever you look at this uh this la galaxy coaching uh you know roster it, the, the wild card on this is really kevin hartman i mean if which is crazy right because the rest yeah. of these guys have all done it and proven it as coaches um you know kevin hartman is the guy and listen that's not a knock on on hartman he's been doing a lot of different things uh with the academies uh he's talked about in his video how he had a chance to be you know a goalkeeping coach for other people he just didn't think the time was right but he, he thinks this is he's a very good goalkeeper please don't read into my 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 wild card but i mean when but, you think about it he's i mean not even the weakest link but if kevin hartman is your weakest link hammer then i feel like you have a pretty good coaching staff set up yeah and i think you just you you look at greg vanny you look at Kalichman, you look at someone like robin frazier who was working with greg vanny up in toronto who, who's having a nice run uh, over at the colorado rapids it seems like he he saw something that maybe he saw with Robin Frazier and with Kalichman where he says, okay, I, I worked with this person. I knew what they were like as a player. I think that translation would be good. And so Kevin Hartman, I'm sure has had the opportunity and you need to get your first crack somewhere. You know, Robin Frazier needed his crack as an assistant in Toronto to kind of good built those reps and then eventually earn the head coaching position. So if you're going to get a start, why not do it at a place where you know you're loved in a comfortable setting? Uh, and then maybe this could be the start of something nice, uh, you know, for Hartman's coaching career. So I, I have faith that Vanny has the eye for the talent uh, and saw something that he he that he's going to be a positive member and a good addition. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, again, it's kind of exciting times. Um, and, you know, this is... It, it all lines up so well. I mean, it really, the Galaxy have put this together to where... I don't know how anybody can complain about this, right? I mean, Vanny was the obvious choice. We knew that. Uh, you know, we we thought he would probably bring Kalichman with him. We thought he would probably bring some of his other assistants with Toronto. So that was all sort of set. Um, I believe they're also bringing, you know, the sports uh, sports d- d- medicine guy that they had in Toronto. I think he's also coming down to, to the LA Galaxy. We talked about that way back at the, the beginning whenever Vanny was announced. Um, so we have that. And then... You know, and then you add Kevin Hartman to it. There, you can't be sitting here arguing, saying the LA Galaxy aren't getting right now. Um, you know, to be the point, you know, it's not 1998 anymore. That's that's the danger here. And you can talk about you know not resting on your past accomplishments, but that's what we've seen the LA Galaxy do since 2016. Uh, is we're the LA Galaxy and we're five-time MLS Cup champions, and that'll be great until people get 10 and 12 and 15, and then you know you're still the LA Galaxy with five MLS Cup champ, uh, MLS Cup titles, and you don't you haven't progressed. And so somebody has to come in and push this team to be better than they have been. 
Um, and, you know, I think Greg Vanny sort of seems like the guy who doesn't really take mediocrity well, um, just just it, from my limited interactions with him. Uh, he seems to have that competitive nature uh, about him where losing... Uh, losing hurts more than winning, than, than winning is happy, right? It's one of those. Yeah. And so you don't want to lose. It's not about winning. It's about not yeah. losing. Um, you, you see this with gamblers all the time. They don't, they don't remember their big wins, but they remember their big losses. So right. yeah, you know the poker hand that you got eliminated on. So, and I also made sure to caveat it before, and you make a great point. This makes everyone feel warm and fuzzy and feel great about it until they start playing games. And then if you start losing games, then the, those warm and fuzzies go away real quick. So I think uh, that that's when the, the rubber is going to meet the road is once they start playing games and we see, you know, what what style the team plays with, uh, what tactics are being informed, and, and then we can kind of make further judgment along that. But right now, it's feeling warm and fuzzy, and, and that's okay. It's near Valentine's Day. We can feel the love. Let's enjoy it. Live in the moment. Let's right. not get negative. Maybe down the line we'll, we'll we'll criticize when it's time. But right now it's okay to 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 love the the picks that they've made so far. You having Cosmo come to your house for for Valentine's Day? Is that is that happening? No. That's you know well he came to my work last year, but they, they raised the price. They they heard about the rich galaxy fans. That's I've, so, I've, you know. I've, I've I've heard that before. I've heard that before. <laughs> All right, let's uh, Eric. I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story out of Argentina that we don't know if it's true, but God, I hope it's true because it's just. Oh, the magic of soccer and, and negotiations and just things. And by the way, I'm getting trolled on a regular basis by Boca fans who think that somehow I'm calling their team stupid or that I'm saying that, you know, the Galaxy, I, I keep saying the Galaxy are in a position of driving. Um, they they have some leverage over Boca. And I don't think Boca fans don't want to acknowledge that for whatever reason. Um, and I'm certainly sure that they're not listening to the podcast because they they talk about things that I just like I've, I've dismissed outright. So um, this is the story we're going to tell you about. And this came out of a, a radio host uh, down in Argentina told the story, basically. And I'm going to paraphrase it from you because I saw it translated in Spanish. And so I'm going to do my best to sort of give you the highlights of what is happening. So the report out of Argentina says that the loan fee, the LA Galaxy actually paid Boca Juniors. Uh, for Christian Pavone was not the $1.2 million that apparently was reported, uh, that it was actually $600,000, so half of what it was, which is very interesting. Okay, cool. Um, so already, LA Galaxy, you're, you're th- saying, hey, LA Galaxy, you did even better than we thought you did. Um, you know, if, if again, we need to caveat, if all of this is true. Um, so, so they're saying that instead of 1.2 million, the galaxy paid 600,000. Uh, they're saying that Pavone's agent went down to Boca to sort of, uh, they said player representative. We assume that's the agent goes down to Boca to collect the money because as a portion of the fee gets, uh, a transfer fee usually gets kicked back to the player and into a certain percentage. And it's like one or 2% or something like that. It's not a huge amount. Sometimes it'd be 5%, those types of things. I haven't heard anything above five, but I'm sure it happens. I'm not a hundred percent on that. But anyway, he went down there to go collect his, 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 his money. Uh, and Boca says to him, he goes, Hey, thanks for coming down. And again, this is me making up this conversation that they had, <laughs> but they said, Hey, yeah, thanks for coming down. Some color. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, I'm painting the picture with my, with my words. Um, Hey, thanks for coming down. No, it was a long trip. Uh, would you like, you know, some, some mate? Uh, can we get you uh, some water? Uh, what, what can we get you? And so they sit down there for a second and then he goes, well, I'm here for my money. And Boca goes, well, what money? And he goes, well, the money for the transfer fee. And they're like, well, there is no money. Don't you know? Uh, there was a clause in the contract. And basically it says that if the LA galaxy offered to buy, by Christian Pavone, and that offer was rejected, that the loan fee would be returned to the LA Galaxy. That's an interesting clause. I don't know. And again, we don't know if this is true, but if this is true, 
Um, apparently, there's some bad feelings on the Boca side, like they didn't read the whole contract and, you know, Dennis DeClosa sort of slipped this one in on them. But at the same time, if it's in the contract and you sign the contract, that's you got to read the contract. We all know yeah. this, right? I, I think that's uh, it's one of those like the terms of service. No one. Come on. No one really reads those. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it's what's in there. And so uh, it, it makes you think if, if the, that's the whole caveat. And we, we you got to keep saying that if this is true, then the Galaxy did, a, did an excellent piece of business here because it gave them all the leverage where they said, OK, if you know, we'll, we'll give you the loan deal. But if we don't get it, then, you know, we don't have to pay that. So it puts all the incentive on them. Uh, you know, to tr try to sell the player to the Galaxy at the end of the the loan and to do business with them. So I think uh, Boca Juniors, for some reason, a lot of the stories that are come out coming out, they really it seemed like they really wanted to stick to that twenty million. And I don't know if it's it's totally unrealistic and a, a negotiation in bad faith, or if they just got the wrong impression, or if they thought the Galaxy maybe are good for the cash, and so they just assumed that they were going to push for that twenty million. Uh, and and so it just seems like they want to stick to that number and. And the galaxy don't seem, and Dennis don't don't seem to be willing uh, to go that high. And it, it's when you look at it, who who's offering twenty million? Who's offering ten million for Pavone? Uh, you know, if if someone was offering more than what the galaxy are offering, I'm sure Boca would be happy to take that offer. But that that offer is not coming in. So, uh, regardless if this story is true or not, there's not offers coming in for Pavone, and the galaxy seem to be the only one at the dance. And so. Uh, I think it's probably frustrating if you're a Boca Juniors fan to hear news like this and to hear that your your club uh, maybe didn't get the better end of a deal. And I think uh, when you look back on Galaxy's past deals and some things where the Galaxy maybe got the raw end and maybe they had to fork out some cash when they didn't want to, uh, you know, this happens. The, some, sometimes you have to bite the bullet and you get stuck you get stuck with a raw deal and you just have to, to eat it. So uh, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Maybe it, it hampers future business and maybe that's unfortunate because you do want to have positive relationships uh, with clubs who, who have a record of having good players play come out of their club. So it's unfortunate if this sours a relationship moving forward. But at the end of the day, it's it's if it's the language that was in the contract, if it was the deal that was signed upon, it is what it is. You you, you can't fight uh, what's on the paper. So uh, good on the Galaxy for kind of sticking to their guns. I want Pavone here. I, I want them to, uh, you know, on the field, he, he was their best player last season. He was their MVP. If they can find a way to get him here, uh, you know, I'd. <laughs> it's not my money. So it's easy for me to say 9, 10, 12 million, he's yeah. worth it, bring him in. Right. But at the end of the day, they're the ones making that decision. So so they're going to do the, what's best in the interest of the club. Well, I, I think it comes down to and and if you read into some of the context of the of of how it was sort of laid out, the story was laid out. Um, that story sort of comes out that uh, perhaps Bocos owes the L.A. Galaxy that money now that they have to pay them. And that, so they're in the rears. Um, so so they need to do that. And then it also falls along. And, and somebody in our discord was talking about this. That apparently there were reports out there that Bocos still owe uh, Tolaris, uh, which is Pavone's previous club money first certain aspect of the purchase of the player as well. So it's it's not above Boca to just owe people money. I just think, you know, here's why some of this doesn't make sense, is that I could see a clause being put in there that says, well, if you offered us $20 million, then we're going to tell you that we'll give you back your loan fee because, you know, if we said we'd buy them for, we said we'd sell them for $20 million and we re reject that, then we'll give you back your loan fee because that's not really the deal that was in there. And so you could see that out clause in that. Um, I, I think that the, like from a contract perspective and I deal a lot with contracts in, in the real job, um, is that either the contract was 
was too broad in its terms that may have led Boca to think one thing and the galaxy to think another thing. And that, so they're both interpreting this particular um, contract two different ways and the broadness can be a problem or it was overly specific, right? Which was basically, it says any, you know, if, but if the LA galaxy uh, offer any uh, offer then uh, and Boca rejects it, then you get this $600,000 back. So, uh, really interesting in terms of that. I, I go back to what you're saying, though, because this drives the point home. And this is where um, I don't disagree with Boca fans. They say that he's worth more than it. So they're just going to hold on to him. And it's like, OK, that's great. He doesn't want to be there. Supposedly, that's what we're hearing. He doesn't want to be there. Uh, he doesn't want to play in Argentina. He wants to leave either to Europe or he wants to come back to the LA Galaxy. Um, and so there's leverage in that. And I, I think that that's. That's something that is difficult for them to sort of wrap their heads around is that, yes, the LA Galaxy, you know, what I, I think they, they would call a minnow um, overall in, in the world soccer does have some leverage over over Boca right now. It seems that way. And so we talked about a six million dollar offer. And I said, I don't know if that's true. In fact, it seems low. So I, I don't think it's true. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the LA Galaxy were out there and said, hey, remember whenever we offered you eight million dollars? Well, here's our next offer. Six million dollars. And it's like, well, why six? Uh, because the transfer windows closed in Europe because you're not getting any money from there. And, you know, I think Boca fans rightfully say, well, we'll hold on to them and we can sell them for twelve million dollars. OK, so I predict that his worth is somewhere between eight and 15 million dollars that's a wide range because i don't know what everybody else knows uh in terms of the negotiations but if you sold him for twice six that would be 12 12 is not outside of my range of how much he's worth so i'm not going to sit there and say that you know you're wrong that he's worth twice as much as six million okay cool i also think that the la galaxy eric are trying to shoot for somewhere between eight and ten um and i think that gets it done so um, seeing this and the $600,000, this is where it becomes interesting because you could be, you could go to Boca now and you could go, okay, listen, we get it. $8 million. That's our offer. We're good. And the, and Boca's like, great, good. And we'll shake deals. They're like, cool. We'll write you a check for $7.4 million. <laughs> right. And you it's all my joke. Right. Yeah. That I, was my math joke. Yeah. That was your math joke. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, but that's a negotiation. I mean, that's what happens in these things. It's like, cool. You owe us 600. We would need to pay you eight. So we're going to write you a check for 7.4. And now you just made you just saved yourself $600,000. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's yeah. whole and everybody's happy. And Hey, we all have drinks and get your mate and we're gone. Um, so, uh, you know, the Pavone thing's interesting. Cause we're going to talk about a rumor that may blow Pavone out of the water and say that they're not even interested anymore. But yeah. I refuse to believe Eric right now that the LA galaxy do not have some leverage in this deal. They seem to be, as you said, the only person at the dance Pavone's looking for a dance partner. He wants to he wants to get his groove on and and Boca's not that person right now. Um, yeah. And so I, I don't know. I don't know where this goes, but this story, I God, I hope it's true. I hope it's true. It's just too <laughs> juicy for it not it, to be true. And, but the, to your point, it's too juicy that it can't be true. It's it's one of those. It's too good to be true. There's probably it, it's just too tasty. All the details line up too perfectly to make to paint Boca to look like the fool and to make the galaxy look like, like they ran a, a genius uh, bit of business here. So the last thing that I'll mention is we mentioned the sell on clause from Talares. And, and this is something that I heard early on in the negotiations is that maybe the galaxy were, you know, bidding 8 million for 80% or, and right. whatever sell on that they could do. I think this may be the time, maybe you work something out. If you do offer 6 million, maybe it's for a certain percent of a uh, certain percent of the rights 
for Pavone. And so whenever you sell them on later, then Boca gets it on the back end. So kind of like, I know we'll talk about the MLSPA deal and you don't make the money now, but down the line, you'll be made whole later. I think right now with the way Boca is set up, they want that cash now. They want to try to, uh, you know, recoup those costs as soon as possible. So maybe that's not an option for them, but at the same time, uh, you know, maybe that's the only way this deal gets done. Yeah, and and by the way, uh, shout out to Mike Gray. He says, uh, "Here's five bucks for Pato. Uh, buy some Gray Poupon for you and Hammer Rich Galaxy fans." Or thank you very much. Great. I do like a good good yellow yeah. mustard, like a spicy yellow mustard, like Gray Poupon. Yes. It is it is excellent. So yes, um, always with your pinky up. Just remember. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. He he paid for the super chat, so we're gonna stay on this topic for a little bit longer. Yes, I think when you talk about condiments, yes, when you're gonna go for a brat or you're gonna go for a hot dog. You can go for the yellow mustard. That's fine if you're at a barbecue. Right. But if you have the choice, a good Dijon mustard, right. a great Poupon, it, there's nothing better on, on a good brat than uh, than some good some good mustard there. And, you know, as a Rich Galaxy fan, that's just something, an acquired taste that we've, we've come accustomed to. Whenever you were in high school, did you ever pull up to somebody's <laughs> car and go, excuse me, sir, do you have any great Poupon? Did you do that, like, as a joke? That was, that was the original oh. WhatsApp. Was <laughs> you know, we're, we're dating ourselves here. But, yeah, that, that was definitely a thing. Okay, cool. Just checking. Um, no, that, that that's sort of what it is uh, with with Pavone, um, with Great Pavone as well. Um, you know, just just trying to get this. I, I think um, you know the pandemic has an issue here, uh, as this as was mentioned in the chat room as well. Um, and so, you know, it, bottom line is, remember? Do you remember pre pandemic? Pay the twenty million dollars for Pavone. He's worth <laughs> like forty million dollars. Who? Crazy. Who is paying forty million? Nobody is paying. Anybody could have had Christian Pavone in the transfer window for fourteen million dollars. Easy, you could go in right now yeah. and you could you could you could do fourteen million dollars. That's not a lot in the world market, but they didn't. Which means he's not. Uh, you know, sure, sell him to some other Argentine team. Go ahead, do it. Yeah. I he doesn't want to be there. No, he doesn't want to be there. So anyway. Uh, we'll move on from the from the Pavone talk uh, a little bit, but uh, if in fact this is true, uh, does Don Garber cancel the GM of the Year award for last year and like retroactively give it to Dennis DeClosa because that was that would be one heck of some business there, Eric. One heck no, of some business. I think I think the story since it came out in 2021, it goes on his resume to to the 2021 GM of the Year. He gets an honorable mention, scores points. It just, it just the uh, quite honestly, I can't get off this. This is this is too it, the audacity to put that clause in a contract. <laughs> Let's just start there. Which is, oh by the way, if you turn down our purchase price, just you're just gonna go ahead. It's like it's like you rented Pavone and then you got a coupon afterward. No wait, it's like it's like you got a subscription to Netflix to watch the Queen's Gambit. You watch them all and then hit the cancel button and ask for a refund. You picked up the phone and you're like, yeah, hello Netflix. I'd like to get a refund for my subscription. Oh, oh yes, it was a wonderful show. She's nerdy, quirky, beautiful, and the way she touches the chess pieces makes me feel funny in my tummy. Uh, I'll give you $5 for all of them. And they're like, no, this is Netflix. You have to pay for the whole thing. No, oh, well, then you owe me $600,000. That's basically what Dennis DeClosa just tried to do. He says, Netflix, give me $600,000 and all the... And more Queen's Gate. Can we have a like an, an add-on to that? That's a separate topic, different show. I apologize. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you have a way with words. Shout out to the Queen's Gambit. What a show. What a show. Like, like you said, yeah. It made me feel things about chess yes. that I didn't think I could feel. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know I wanted to play chess, quite honestly. Yeah. And now all I want to do <laughs> is watch people play chess because I don't want to have to think about that stuff. Hey, shout out to uh, Francisco as well. $5 on Thanks, Super Francisco. Chat. Thanks, Francisco. Appreciate it. Um, all right. Let's get to Atlanta United. 
And why are we talking about Atlanta United on an LA Galaxy podcast, Eric? Can you tell the people? For kits, uh, you know I only show up when there's kit news, though. Yes. You know, we I know everyone thinks I wasn't on the show because Jonathan Bond was on and, you know, he's quote unquote a bigger guest than the hammer. But we know it's because you didn't talk about kits last week. So we're here to talk about third kits. Atlanta United, as reported by The Athletic um, and a, a bunch of other people now, Atlanta United is the only MLS team to meet the threshold to get a third kit. Isn't that exciting? So so Adidas <laughs> um, or are you supposed to say it Adidas? Um, I refuse to, I refuse to, I will not, I will not, I will not do it. Um, apparently there's a threshold and that threshold is like a hundred thousand. Is it a hundred thousand dollars or a hundred thousand kits? Like how many, it seems like a lot of kits. kits. Yeah. I I think with the markup on an Adidas uh, authentic kit, you'd only need to sell three. Yeah. 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 You don't need to sell that many. Okay. Okay. Good. So a hundred thousand dollars in or a hundred thousand kits to be sold across the two primary and secondary um, jerseys, and that will get you the ability to have a third kit. <sighs> Something's wrong with their third kit program if the only team that's big enough is Atlanta United, um, yeah. and and that's that's a problem. Now, I, yes, Eric. Here, here's here's the argument for, and and I've seen this argument uh, both on Twitter and on people talking with in chat rooms talking about this third kit. Uh, it's when you have a poor looking second kit or you release just the white shirt, it's going to be hard to pass that threshold when people don't want to buy the secondary kit or the primary kit is not great looking that that's going to make things difficult. So it's, it's going to be hard to show that your fan base is after buying jerseys if they're not going to buy the jerseys that are already out. So I think in the case of Atlanta, um, the jerseys that they have with their stripes and being a newer club, uh, you know, they have a fan base that's grown. They sell, you know, I think their attendance is the highest in the league. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, makes sense that they're going to sell a lot of jerseys and their secondary jerseys have been good looking. You know, they had their peach kits, which looked great. Uh, they're, they were still white, but they just had the peach details, which if you're from Atlanta, uh, you know, when the connections to the peach there, the Georgia peach, you know, you, you want that kit. And the kit that just came out, uh, even the 25th anniversary, it was a simple white shirt, but at the same time with the gold accents, just feels very Atlanta. It seems like that would be a popular kit to buy there. So uh, I think the argument why it makes sense for Atlanta is they had good-looking kits. And so when you have good-looking kits, you're going to sell more of them. That's part of it. There are Galaxy fans, and we've talked to them, and we've had them tell us that, you know, I, I hate the kit. I hate I hate the new kit. I'm not going to buy it. So it doesn't mean that you're not a fan of the club, but you just don't like the way it looks, so you're not going to buy it. So that that factors in. And so I, I think it, that's why it makes sense that, that Atlanta is going to get it. And it looks like it's going to be wine-colored. Wine. So it's it's going to mm. be interesting. Mm. That's from the real housewives of Atlanta, right? <laughs> that was That's where that's where it came from? I have to imagine. That's sure. where it is. Hey, shout out to John. $2 in the super chat. Thanks, John. Appreciate Thanks, that. Thanks, John. Um, okay, let's continue on the kits because Pablo Mar Mauer, um, and by the way, at MLSist, at MLSist, yes, Pablo. Yeah. Um, Pablo's great, great by fun. the way. Oh, oh my god, awesome. yeah, you got it. Yeah. Calm before the storm. If you ever say calm before the storm, you have to tag Pablo <laughs> in it. That is the rule. Um, Pablo did an article for the athletic. Um, he did one, uh, and, and basically he was talking about the cycle that was going through with Adidas and how the kits are done and all that stuff. So the kits themselves are done on an 18-month cycle, Eric. So on an 18-month cycle, that means that next year's home kit basically is already done, and we've talked about possibly we know knowing what that looks like because there is a render. There is something that is out there and basically has been finalized for this for this cycle of things. Um, 
in the athletic article, uh, Pablo, which by the way, I think you should get a, a, a subscription to the athletic. I don't do this to try to short circuit Pablo, but, um, I want to make sure you guys get the news as well. Um, Pablo goes in there and says basically he was able to sort of see what's going on there and he says that Adidas is basically taking more control over the process so if you saw what Philadelphia did which Philadelphia has sort of a uh, fan inspired fan involved kit which is great that's cool I like those Um, you know the LA Galaxy's Los Angeles flag kit was technically a fan involved uh, one it's still not one of my favorites I understand it sits where it sits in the hierarchy of kits and I accept that um, it's just not one of my favorites personally uh, but having said that Philadelphia did that they got fan input they had people apparently they had fans signing NDAs like there's a whole bunch of stuff yeah. that they went through in oh. order to make it happen what do you think have you seen the Philadelphia kit are you a fan yeah. or I love it I love it I, I think it's it's unique when when we talk about getting away from just the plain white shirt uh, if you haven't seen it you know, you could look up, you know, Philadelphia Union new kit uh, has lightning bolts on it, which is it's kind of cool. Kind of looks with the same colors of the uh, former San Diego Chargers, now Los Angeles Chargers with the powder blue and the yellow and then with the lightning bolts. So it kind of gives you that feel if you're familiar with those jerseys. Uh, and then it has a kite and a key with, you know, Benjamin Franklin, th- those connections to the city. So I just thought it was very creative, very unique. Doesn't look like any other kit in MLS. Doesn't look like any other kit you've seen out there really right now uh, with a pattern. So kudos to the fan base for taking fan base input and for designing it and making it unique. I think I thought that was the direction after all the plain white shirts that that was the direction that Adidas and MLS were going to go. Uh, but it seems like after Pablo's article that, that maybe uh, that was a one-off and not necessarily how things are going to be moving forward. Yeah, basically Adidas says that uh, they're going to allow teams to provide you know mood boards and some original art artwork for the jock tag. So this is LA um, is a jock tag type thing. Um, so you, you have those things that are there. Uh, but overall, Adidas is basically going to provide you two options after you give them the mood board and you pick one of those and that's how it's going to go forward. So uh, Pablo is a straight shooter and he's not going to sit there and blow smoke up adidas's uh skirt or shorts or kit um and so uh saying that uh he says basically hey just more white kits are coming the white kits are coming the white kits are coming you know for the la for the la galaxy that makes sense but when you look around the league there's a lot of plain white i mean look at austin look at austin yeah austin has like and and listen there's there's some requirements here right eric because you need a light kit and you need a dark kit um, and you need that for one for colorblind people. I that's crazy. I, I know everybody thinks that's not a thing. That is absolutely no, a FIFA a requirement, and it's for colorblind. So you ha- know which teams are what. But having said yeah. that, there has to be more variety in this. Yeah. Well, and and I think I think uh, the Philadelphia kit is is an example because um, it, it's not necessarily you can have a white kit, but it, you know have some shadowing on it. I think the Philadelphia, even their old kit, had the snake you know, on, in a background graphic. So it doesn't have to be, it can be a white kit, but it could have details on it that make it unique. And so that was kind of the disappointing thing with Austin. Part of that also is when you're an expansion club, maybe they don't have as much lead time. Although at Austin, we've known that they've been coming for a while. So this should have been something where they're involved in the process. Um, so yeah, it's, it's uninspiring and unfortunate, but Pablo had a previous article. This is, as oh, wow, that was that was good. Over. I like that. I'm talking with my hands, yes, uh, on a podcast, just what we need. Uh, but he, in his previous article about um, uniforms, he mentioned this: how Adidas does take control. They have a certain aesthetic. Uh, he talked about with the LA Galaxy's kit in particular. They went with a brushstroke style for the sash because overall, on all the kits that Adidas was releasing, they had the certain aesthetic that they were going with. And this is common uh, in, in world soccer. You see 
similar templates, similar styles, because the year that this comes out, they all have like a unifying theme or Adidas will have a unifying slogan and everything's going to tie back to that. So, so that's not uncommon. So it makes sense that Adidas is taking control. It's just unfortunate for a, a fan perspective, if they're limiting uh, the possibilities when you see something positive uh, like they did in Philadelphia and how good it can be uh, when, when you let people, uh, you let fans be a part of the process. All right, let's uh, let's quickly. We're going to run out of time here. I knew there was a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. So <laughs> hey, that's okay. That's okay. I like it's it. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's it's fine. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain. We got lots of stuff to uh, to talk about, and that's good. Let's get a, a little bit to rumors. Um, and the reason we need to touch on rumors is we did add two of them to the rumor tracker. Now, one of them seems to be totally and completely fake, and I hate the source, and I don't even like talking about it. But this is going to be. I have a feeling circling the LA Galaxy for most of the year. So heads up. Um, the LA Galaxy possibly chasing after Manchester City's uh, Sergio Aguero um, and looking at a summer transfer. If you want to know if, if you if perhaps the LA Galaxy don't sign a designated player and they're holding out or they're waiting or things are happening that you're sort of questioning about what they're trying to do, perhaps this is something that should be sitting in the back of your mind. Um, and he's now going to be 32, I think, by the time June comes around. So, um, yeah, as of June 2nd, his, his uh, contract expires on June 1st. Uh, Sergio Aguero has had some injury issues, um, and we don't think this is real at all. We don't we don't believe it. Um, it's one of those that you sit there and say, uh, I look at the sources and I'm like, no. So it has one star on there. So if you really want to get excited about Sergio Aguero, I guess you can, Eric, but we're not going to be excited about that right now. I just wanted everybody to know it's out there. Well, we have we have Greg Vanny in the chat, and he's saying that yeah. it is fake. So oh, well, it is course. confirmed. It's I'm, a done deal. It's I'm, fake. I'm glad that we we verify people uh, in there, um, mm-hmm. and 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 can take a look at that. So let's. So one, yes, go ahead. The the one thing I do want to say is is that Aguero has been someone who has been linked that he's going to be out of contract this summer. And I think when you're the LA Galaxy, they've brought in Zlatan, they've brought in you know Steven Gerrard back in his time, regardless if you want to acknowledge that or not you shoot for the moon when you're the galaxy and, and Aguero is the type of player who I think, uh, when you think who's a DP out there that you can bring in and make a splash, Aguero is a name that stands out. And when you think of, uh, you know, the galaxy has done business with Manchester city in the past, when you talk about, uh, Ariel Antuna and getting him in on a loan, it's, it's not unfathomable, unfathomable that it can happen. Uh, so I, I, I'm a little bit more excited than you are, but at the same time, the sources say that it's fake. And so there's no real thing pinning it down, but at the same time, it's, it's possible. He, he's had a, a run of injuries and hasn't been a regular starter, but I think that's the type of player who could come to MLS and, and make a splash and really be successful if they are able to get him. All right, let's get to a real rumor now that we, we pass that. By the way, Aguero has had some injury concerns. There's a whole bunch of, uh, of concerns that you would have with him coming from Manchester City to the LA Galaxy, but he's a big name star. Blah, blah, blah. We'll see how that goes. Okay. Um, the LA Galaxy are showing interest in a winger. Uh, Hussein uh, Balic is an Austrian winger. Now, he plays left wing. He plays right wing. Uh, I watched a whole bunch of highlights on him. Uh, this is exciting. 24 years old. Um, he's Austri- Austrian. Um, he plays for the Austrian national team. Uh, he plays in the Bundesliga, but the Austrian Bundesliga. Don't be confused, because that was that was, I I was confused because I don't pay attention that much. Did you know the Austrian league was also named the Bundesliga? Well, I, I did not know that, but I was going to say he's Austrian. Let's put another shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> exactly, that's perfect. Great. Where are my dumb and dumber people? I do know the difference. 
Yeah, I was going to say, you, you date yourself, and people were like, Dumb and Dumber? I've never even watched that movie before, which is a travesty, and you should go watch it. Um, but anyway, no, this is, uh, again, a 24-year-old uh, who is playing for Lask in Austria, uh, a member of the Austrian national team as well. I think just call, got called up in 2020, so this is not uh, a guy who's been too far away. Uh, he has six goals, one assist, and 1,200 minutes this year. He is pacey. Uh, in fact, this report from Tom Bogert um, and Tom is somebody who you can trust. If Tom says something is happening, it is you, you can you can generally say it's happening. Now, what he says is the Get LA Galaxy are interested, but that they have not given an offer yet, which is uh, another interesting sort of aspect of this. And when you talk about him, maybe primarily as a left wing, if you watch this guy play, Eric, um, the funny things is he kind of reminds me a lot of a winger the LA Galaxy used to have named Christian Pavone. Um, and just in both pace, the way he cuts in, uh, the way he takes people on, he has a lot of the same abilities that Christian Pavone does. I'm not saying he's going to be as good. I don't know. Uh, certainly watching him play against Austrian, you know, level talent is, is going to be a question mark about whether or not that's something that can happen in, um, in major league soccer as well. And I don't, I mean, MLS and Austrian league may be a very com comparable sort of look at things. I, I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Uh, but apparently, yeah. um, Balich was interested or, or getting interest from Celtic, from Brentford, from Southampton, um, all reportedly interested in him in January. Uh, this is a guy the LA galaxy will probably have to pay a couple million dollars for in order to get, but if you're looking at a three-year deal, that type of thing, you're looking at a 24-year-old who can play the wing, right wing, left wing, so could be a compliment yeah. to Christian Pavone um, and, you know, probably a TAM player. Yeah, I, I like the idea that it's, it's someone who's versatile and versatile and can play on, on both sides when you mention his speed. Uh, and, and Justin mentioned it in the chat and so did Bob. Austrian uh, Antuna. And so when you think of someone with that kind of speed, uh, but maybe with a little bit more touch on the ball, yes. you know, that's exactly the type of player that you're looking for. And when you think this isn't a household name, so you're you're not going to need to break the bank and, and give a, a, a DP salary, maybe you can get them on a TAM deal and then not 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 have it take up that DP slot. That's it's a dream come true. That's the type of player you want. Someone who's pacey, who can play on both sides, uh, who's going to be a threat, could complement Pavone or possibly uh, if things don't work out, could fill that 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 hole that Pavone leaves behind if they do decide to move on. So I think it's really exciting. This is exactly the type of, these are the names that I want to see, you know, not Uruguayos where it's maybe shooting too far to the moon, but this is someone, okay, this seems like a, someone who's gettable for the galaxy and who would be able to contribute and be successful uh, in MLS. So I, I like it. I think it's exciting and shout out to LA Galactico for the super chat. 10 hey, bucks. Thanks. Sir. Hey, thank you uh, very much. So yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this is, I, I agree with you. This is exactly the type of rumor. So we'll keep an eye on this. Uh, let you know if we hear anything. Always better to ask about rumors. If you're a reporter, always better to ask about rumors when you have a name than when there's no name. Hey, can you tell me what's going on is not as good as, <laughs> so tell me about this Balich guy. What are you guys, uh, what are you guys thinking about him? And then that's a, that's a different question and you know, it can be answered differently. So, um, always better to have a name. So now you have a name and it seems like a real rumor. So, that's where you sit with that. Let's get quickly now to MLS and MLSPA. And I didn't want to like, you know, it, again, I expect to do this show with the backdrop of a countdown clock coming for us, Eric, knowing yeah. that um, we were going to run out of time here at 1159 Eastern time on February uh, 4th. And now what MLS has done is totally ruined everything. I mean, it's yeah. probably good in the general long term, but they ruined 
because they pushed it back by 24 hours. Major League Soccer came out with this uh, statement this afternoon. It said Major League Soccer and the MLSPA continue to meet daily to address the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the league in 2021 and beyond. Although we have not finalized a new collective bargaining agreement, a new CBA, and remain apart on some key issues, discussions this week have been productive and we have made progress. Since the negotiations have reached an advanced stage, the league has extended the negotiating period by 24 hours to provide every opportunity to finalize an agreement. If so, 1159 February 5th, um, Eastern time. So that's 859, uh, West coast time tomorrow. So everybody get your beer, get your alcohol and you can sort of see uh, how it goes. Let's see. Some people are already posting that MLS and MLSPA have agreed on a deal as we've been waiting on this. That, that seems like that could be a possibility. Eric, why don't you talk about this and I'll search Twitter real quick and see what I can find. Yeah, that, that's the beauty of uh, of this and, and the Thursday live show is the, the news the next day is always going to usurp us and it's going to be different than, than what we talk about. But I think the the one positive from this is that it was extended 24 hours. Last uh, last week, uh, it's, they extended it a week. And then when MLS put out their statement, they said that they were far apart on negotiations. The fact that it's only 24 hours shows that they're, they're making progress. There's something there. They feel like something could be done in the next day. So that, I think that's the most promising thing is the 24-hour window. If they said we're pushing back another week or we're closing the door and it's going to be a lockout, then you know it's a obviously it's a done deal. But if they're pushing back a week, that's, that's not a good sign. But that 24-hour window makes you think, okay, something could get done. Uh, and if we're believing and you're going to give us uh, an update, I'm sure soon, it's possible that they maybe didn't even need the full 24 hours. They just knew they weren't going to be done at nine o'clock. So I think it's promising. Looks good. Uh, I think they're releasing jerseys there. They they released a start date a couple of weeks ago. I, I think they're pretty they're pretty confident that something's going to get done. So I, I'm optimistic with that 24 hour window that they gave that something's going to get done. If it's not already done, breaking news, shoot it, pato. Yeah, I, I was gonna say no. I don't have anything. Um, I, I checked. I checked <laughs> with. Yeah, I know. I, I checked with sort of the the big sources that I would check with Paul Tenorio, Sam Jeschel, um, on that. And listen, it could be out there, and some people could be reporting it. Uh, the fact that they haven't, and I would expect them to, um, would be one of those things where I sit there and sort of say, okay, uh, my MLS source is not as strong as my LA Galaxy sources, FYI. So um, I I sort of have to sit here. I will tell you. Um, that I do know who the player representatives are for the LA Galaxy, for the MLSPA. Um, that would be Dan Steris and Sasha Kluschen. Those are the two guys who have it. So uh, if you want to follow them on social media in case there is a lockout, uh, those would be the guys who you should sort of watch. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to go out and announce anything, um, but just just watch them because they're the ones who will be in the, in the meetings for the LA Galaxy. Um, and we saw a plethora of support being thrown behind the MLSPA, NHL, MLSPA, MLB Players Association. So um, all the players associations, I think, from all the major leagues are in there. WNBA Players Association was in there as well. Um, the USL Players Association. I mean, listen, this is what you do whenever you're, you're a union. And sometimes I think that's all these guys do is just sort of send out letters of support for other unions. Um, but it means something. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, go ahead. I, I wanted to mention that because yesterday I, I retweeted that MLB shared and the NBA shared. Uh, I, I think that's huge when you have someone who has a bigger spotlight, you know, we love MLS, we love the league, we want it to grow as big, but let's be honest, it's not Major League Baseball and it's not the National Basketball Association. So whenever you have those player associations tweeting out in support, uh, that becomes a news story. I don't think it got picked up like by news outlets and was a big deal, but just the fact that it's being put on the radar, it puts a little bit of pressure on the league and, and to push things to get a deal done. They made 
clear that the players want to play, that it's not the players aren't holding out because they don't want to play. They want to play. They just want they want to be made whole and they want to be safe and they want, you know, uh, to be compensated for the risks that they're taking, which is fair. Uh, so, so I thought it was huge. The fact that they got those other labor negotiations to have their back. And that's what, that's what unions do that, you know, it's, it's solidarity and, and sticking with your union brothers and sisters. So, uh, it was nice to see. And I thought that was a huge, a huge deal. Just the fact that that got out there and another promising, uh, a promising sign that things were going to move forward, uh, soon. Yeah. Um, just uh, again, just interesting times we're sort of living in. By the way, FC Cincinnati is out there making crazy moves. So if you're That's not paying happy. paying attention, uh, apparently going after Pity Martinez, I think they already got an, another talented Brazilian striker, a young talented Brazilian striker who's like 21 years old. Um, that's that's. Those- that's those young DP signings that we're, we're going to be seeing soon. Yeah, was, I, I think everybody was joking around and saying, hey, FC Cincinnati, you're supposed to wait until after there's a CBA to sort of put this <laughs> out. But they're building a new stadium. I mean, uh, somebody on our Discord went through and sent out pictures of all the stadium construction that's being updated. And there's like six stadiums being constructed right now for Major League Soccer. That's exciting. So that means that there can't be a work stoppage. It's There's, there's too much momentum. Too many things yeah. are happening. Um, and so I'm sure tomorrow night uh, what will happen is there'll be a work stoppage because I just said that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's... I, I don't it, know. It has to. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the way it has to go. But shout out to FC Cincinnati. Not that we want we want another competitor right. in the league, but it looks like, it looks like maybe they've woken up uh, after their expansion years and maybe that they're going to become a real team now. And their stadium, their stadium is beautiful. It's one of the better looking new stadiums. So it's exciting uh, that that's coming into the fold soon. Yeah, they got a new striker. And then it's Pity Martinez is the other one from Atlanta, um, which is just, I, again, I whatever. I don't know. It's craziness. <laughs> FC Cincinnati is going out there and making moves. I mean, if there was, if you wanted sort of like the the canary in the coal mine to sort of give you an idea, you know, we always say that in terms of bad things, like the canary is going to die before everybody else. That's why, by the way, that's the history of that, just in case you want to know the bird will die before everybody else because it's more sensitive to the toxins in the air. Okay, well, this is going to be sort of, is this a bellwether for a positive? The fact that FC Cincinnati suddenly is starting to splash cash, do they know something? Do they know the MLSPA yeah. is, and the MLS are sort of on the verge of getting something done and everybody now thinks that uh, there could be, you know, a, a deal in place. And by the way, Travis in the chat room says, oh, well, tomorrow they're going to give us another uh, a, another extension by 24 hours. Great. Extended by keep doing it because that must mean yeah. you, you think that there's something close. When there's an actual impasse, that's when lockouts happen. That's when strikes happen. Um, all those fun things. So, yeah, that's where we sit. Uh, we thought we'd be counting it down. Three, two, it would have been over by now. We would have been yeah. like, are we locked out? <laughs> Are we like, we wouldn't yeah. have known it would have been we'd great. All be crying. Yes. Yeah, we'd be crying at this point. <laughs> we, we, uh, so see, now you can just cry on Friday night instead. All right. Yeah. Any Eric, anything else that you want to get to um, before we get out of here or, or you think that we're, we're, we're sort of set. I think we missed the CONCACAF Champions League expanding their format, but that's not until 2023 anyway. And the Galaxy aren't going to be involved until 2023 anyway. So that news could wait a couple of years before we talk about it. Yeah. Oh, so David in the chat room brought up any news on the French mid- midfielder saying he's in talks with the LA Galaxy. Looking at that rumor, I am under the assumption right now that that is a Galaxy 2 signing and not a Galaxy signing. We will see if that changes. But for right now, that seems to be where I want to put that. Okay, so um, that is that's sort of where we're at. I, I I've asked, haven't heard anything, so I'm considering still Galaxy Two. It's why it's not on the rumor tracker either. I can't sort of nail it down. There is a French midfielder, um, and so we'll sort of see if that happens. All right, uh, all right, you're good. I'm good. We need to we need to go. We have <laughs> we have stuff to do. Tell people where they can find you. 
All right. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Hammer EV. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Professional Foul. That's at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P-R-O-F-O-U-L. And then as always, keep up with your Liga G action on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Our, our boys, Barachex, we're down, but we're not out. All right, there we go. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com for all of our uh, videos, all of our podcasts, all of our stuff is right there for you, cornerofthegalaxy.com, including the rumor tracker. All right, uh, I think that about does it for us tonight. Uh, for Mr. Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, I'm Josh Pato Gesman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Let's see if we have a league on Monday. All right. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.